0: Welcome to KCast. This is Caleb. This is Chris. Hey! How's it going? <laughs> What's it's up? It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. What's up? Our second podcast of the year.
1: Yeah, we're back. That's right. In outer space. Yeah.
0: Barracuda! Yeah, Barracuda. Like, like the Wilson. I'm, I'm pretty sure we used that in one of the sisters. previous podcasts. Well, I'll have to check the tapes. Yeah, we'll have to on that one. where's our research assistant?
1: You had a story about the library.
0: Oh yeah. Well, my ongoing. Ba- I, I have a lot of stories about the library. <laughs> okay. Did I, did I tell you that? You called me on the incident where I got in trouble with the librarian before I got kicked out of a library. Yeah, the sexual
1: harassment yeah. incident. Yeah. No, that well, happens a lot with you. <laughs> <laughs> He's
0: that. I well, think she was crying in, wolf. Personally, had an issue with a librarian that came to the. Yeah. Had to, got got called before the grand librarian. Not all flirting and office. sexual harassments. Yeah, no, he didn't accuse me of anything. He just, you know, asked me. And anyways, brought into question some behaviors. Anyways, that's uh, when
1: she's mad. That's when you flip it. That she's sexually harassing you. That's like, whoa! You're an employee. I'm going to report you for harassments. <laughs> It's when you flip
0: it. <laughs> she didn't accuse me of anything. She was okay. She so was what
1: this. happened? What's your story?
0: Oh yeah, so I was up in another library, now completely different city this time. Okay. Yeah, was in the valley. No. Oh okay. And and uh, I didn't even get in any trouble over this one, but I was just I read over I had I was texting you or something like that. Oh, it was uh, the
1: Seattle library.
0: Yeah, so okay. I, I go into libraries quite frequently, and I I'm sure. in, I'm interested in their CD collections, and so I go in there and I go go through. So I spend quite a bit of time going through the music collections and stuff. So I had a As you couple do. of stacks of CDs um, at the table, and uh, and uh, anyways, so I turn around, and all of a sudden, a couple of the handful of the CDs I were using disappeared from the table from the table. I I set them on where I was going through them. Oh, no. Yeah. Where did they go? Yeah, that's what I said. So I you know, so I got over it. And then I'm walking, One I was walking across the library, and I see them on one of the little carts that the librarians used to put stuff back on the shelves. <laughs> oh, somebody took my CDs. was on CDs. top of it. Yeah, well, somebody took some of my CDs and put them in the cart to get back on the shelves. And it's like, well, I was using those. And, you know, some librarian, and now librarians just, I, I don't know, what, I, I'll tell you what it is about them is they're, they're government employees, mm-hmm. and their main activity is to go around shushing people. They're repressing freedom of speech. <laughs> it oh, just here irks it comes. me at the highest level. Okay, It's just they're, they're repressive, mm-hmm. and and it's just another one of those government conspiracies that are just so under-reported, you know.
1: And that's why you steal music from them, just to level the playing field a little
0: bit, just to... You know what? It, you know. One of those librarians put organ donor on my library card. I don't know how they were able to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't think that was a legally binding
1: identification card. Wow. Yeah, I guess it is. It's
0: it's this crap like that that they do. Just
1: <laughs> get away with it. Oh, that's a great story, man. Authority figures, and they just take it too far, you know. It's like the the meter maids that are giving you a ticket for parking. Like, they are Johnny on the spot. They are right when that second ends. Boom. You know, they've, they're eyeing it. Like, wow, you're you a v- super efficient government employee when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. i are got a ticket. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if you've dealt with a lot of librarians, but they're a lot worse than meter maids as oh, far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. They, they uh, give me late fees every time. Yeah. I was only <laughs> like a month late. For crying out loud! Here's a conundrum. You know, uh,
0: you know, I went to the children's section to go get a book for my nephews one time, and to get back into the adult section, they charged me a cover charge. Oh man! That's, so the you don't know the librarians that I have to deal with. I guess not. I
1: have a conundrum for you. What? You know, I'm I'm I just I'm realizing this that you know I'm not really a jerk to women, and I'm realizing I'm I'm never gonna mistreat my woman. Because my self-esteem was so low that I'm always going to view her as better than me. <laughs> but since my self-esteem was <laughs> so low, I'm less likely to attract wait a, a minute, woman. Wait a minute. You know I'm, trying
0: to, I'm trying to wrap my head around this now. Back up about... <clears throat> your self esteem is so low that you're always going to treat your woman better than yeah, you. Yeah, so if a if this I'm, is a hypothetical woman that you're going to treat better than you because yeah, my self esteem
1: is so low. If a woman's talking to me and being nice to me and but, giving me attention, I'm going to be so grateful. I'm going to be so nice to her and treat her well.
0: You, you don't think that if a woman was giving you attention, that your self esteem wouldn't work its way back up out of the basement a little bit? <laughs> um, I I guess, but
1: I think I'd just be so. grateful and, you know.
0: (laughs) If we could get a woman, it would be just good to find this out. We would have to... You know,
1: i don't know if if it would be so good that maybe, I would
0: now move beyond maybe her. there's a like, you were the confidence boost i needed thanks <laughs> this is this is this is a tremendous opportunity for some social scientist who's <laughs> looking to make a name for himself He's out there do a study on caleb you 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 know you study him without a woman, then you give him a woman and then sort of chart <laughs> do a study over, of
1: myself over a period of weeks. see what happens to his confidence with Progressive attractiveness start it with like period.
0: a a three it yeah. goes over to me and is nice so, to me well, yeah. So what we need to do is not so much find you a woman, because we've been failing in that for, I don't know, a decade or so now, but if we could find you a good social scientist with funding. Find someone who's at my level, who's like a three. (laughs) A social scientist, a funded social scientist looking for a project. That's what you need to get you a woman. This could be a good experiment. (laughs) I could write a thesis on it. (laughs) An experiment
1: on myself. But do you get the catch 22 here? Yeah. Mike Nichols, do you get the catch 22? (laughs) Mike Nichols. Is that. Is that the that's the positive of low self esteem. The negative is that I'm not gonna attract a woman in the first place I mean, <laughs> with my low self esteem. I think know? you're
0: spending so much time, <laughs> time concerning these concerning yourself with what's, what would happen if you ever got a woman as opposed <laughs> to just actually going out and talking to a woman.
1: Uh, well, you know, would, it's uh, it's content filler, it doesn't can seem I say? Like that would be so difficult to go out and just talk to one. You would fun. think, but you know, <laughs>
0: you'd be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you, spent, you must spend hours, days, years just yeah. just imagining what it would be like to, to talk to a woman. I haven't worked in five days, <laughs> so I've been really bored
1: and just thoughts running through my mind all day, all yeah. day long. This is the kind of
0: stuff I think about Yeah, that provides content. Well, maybe your imaginary woman is out there, so... she could find herself an imaginary an imaginary uh computer so she could listen to this imaginary podcast and and give us an imaginary call on her imaginary phone exactly
1: but i think it comes down to this like what so what's the solution to my problem it's really this
0: i've offered my solution
1: the funding of scientific uh, research. That's
0: yeah. That's, that's the. That's, that's, that's my, my plan. B. my plan A was that you go out and get shot down like a hundred times. <laughs> Just go out there, count them off. What would that do for my already low self esteem? <laughs> That would just. Be it would miserable. be like a gold <laughs> Well, I don't
1: I'd find a new rock bottom to hit. I'd <laughs> hit rock
0: bottom, then dig some more, <laughs> and then hit it again. It would stop you from complaining to me because it would <laughs> it would just cause me, give you take time off from worrying about all the crap that's gonna happen to you because the crap would actually be happening to you. Sure, I'll, I'll just do a solo podcast I've, where I complain. I've charged your rate I've I've charted your rate of of achieving your goals. And if your goal is to get shot down by a hundred women, I'm pretty sure that's just going to be one more goal that you don't achieve. And in the process of pursuing it, you will actually succeed in in acquainting yourself to a woman. Yes. <laughs> you'll fail to get shot down somehow by some of these women.
1: You, could, you can see why so I would fail want to backwards. pursue that
0: activity. You'll fail, you'll fail forwards. You'll fail forwards. You'll fail to get shot down a certain number of times. Yeah. And in that failing, able you actually succeed in in building a relationship. And the one time it works, I just have to (laughs) hang on to that one memory.
1: It's worked before, it will work again.
0: I'm thinking it's not as easy to get shot down by a hundred women as as you think it is. (laughs) It involves asking a hundred women. You're overly confident in your ability to get shot down a hundred (laughs) times. I don't think you can do it. This
1: sounds like reverse psychology. That's what this is. Well, most of what I have planned today okay. is relationship philosophy. So if that doesn't sound I'm good I'm wondering to you, why you've
0: brought me into the conversation it's, it's, at that point. That... It's going to be a very boring show. <laughs> no, I'll just be the sniper in that conversation. you over, <laughs> over there trying to untangle your all your emotional knots. And I'll exactly. be over here laughing my ass off.
1: Well, that's a good... One. Equational quip. Yes. Because what it comes down to is, if you want to have a 10, you have to be a 10. Right? Yeah, you
0: keep saying that.
1: I don't know why you believe that. Because <laughs> it... I'm trying to have some uh, make some logical sense of this whole thing and that seems to be the only logical thing is
0: is you kind of get what you pay for. <laughs> you get what you are. Yeah. You just don't have enough confidence in your ability to deceive women, I think that's what you're. Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> You know how rotten you are at telling the truth. It just seems like somehow you would be able to <laughs> To trick women to, better To make that work for you somehow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just feel like they're gonna find me out like that charade wouldn't they last. They are they too are but long. there's gonna be a gap that you'll it's be gonna... able to have some kind of a have some kind of an improvement in your present situation <laughs> be, between the time that you've told the, the the fabrication and the time that they understand how rotten of a person that you are. <laughs> I, and, and just have the experience of of the first date. And just, yeah, I'm, I'm really the, good
1: at the first date. I'm a good conversationalist. You
0: just the anticipation of a first date. Yeah. That would be better. That would be something. And they, they don't lead to second dates, but the first date. <laughs> they might. They is you don't better know. Than no dates. They don't know. You, you're imagining that these women that you're anticipating dating are going to be what you imagine them to be. Yeah. They're, they may be as as deceitful to you as you are to them. <laughs>
1: I think I just do a self evaluation. So, okay, I'm a three. Who are the other threes here? All right. That's and a I'd, terrible approach. I'm not liking this. Um, how terrible. do I get to a five? How do I become a. Okay, these are the fives.
0: Now, what number do I have to. You know, God, it this here? got complicated. You should put a lot of math. For somebody who's so bad at math, you sure are shoving a lot of it into a social issues. Yeah. Oh, man. I like metaphorical math. Not actual math. Which you need to look at for the women that are more like imaginary numbers. You need to find you need That's to find yourself an I, somebody who's the square root of negative one. That is where your target is. And then after I if I can deal with imaginary I can move on to real. To the real numbers. <laughs> you need like a good pi squared. I think that's if you could find that woman.
1: All right. Well, this is you know. Some relationships work, right? There's some success <laughs> Are you out there. At it?
0: Why would you ask me that
1: question? <laughs> Why would you? Maybe you know a guy. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you read about it somewhere.
0: You read a lot. But... I don't know that I. I I, I guess if you're into like these fairy tale things that they talk about, I don't know. I mean, there was Romeo and Juliet. It was it didn't work out good for them? That's one of the most famous love stories. The, the relationship was fine.
1: The f- feuding families and the societal pressure was not so fine. That led to a suicide pact. Here's my problem with feminism, Chris. Oh, God. Good segue, though, I guess. You know, I like to bring up feminism. It's it's a pastime of mine. I find it enjoyable. Is, you know, I'm not looking for a feminist.
0: (laughs) That doesn't mean you're not going to find one.
1: (laughs) I'm not looking for something traditional, either. No, I just, I feel like most of feminism comes from men are jerks men have been jerks to me there are jerks out there yeah and i agree with that but i'm not a jerk so if we remove the the jerk equation then then I don't then the feminism goes away.
0: Jerkiness is in the eye of the beholder. If beauty's in the if beauty's in the eye of the beholder, then then so is the jerk, you know. So is the jerk. Yeah. If she doesn't see you. So I was trying to figure out <laughs> why are you get dark enough sunglasses.
1: <laughs> I was trying to figure out why are some people jerks and some people are not jerks. There's husbands that are jerks, there are wives that are jerks. Yeah. And it's because there's stuff you earn and the stuff you don't earn. If your partner is better than you, you will cherish her and treat her well. If she is not, then you will treat her like crap. The way you treat her only goes in two directions, good or bad. Hmm. That's why there's always jerk husband and jerk wives. It will always depend on person A thinking that he or she is better than person B. That's what I think. Good for you. Thank you. (laughs) It's my philosophy. It's, It's...
0: It's to whether a person's a jerk or not it just depends on the context. It's all about what you, what you, what you expect from people compared to what you're seeing. You know, I think. It, you know,
1: it does depend. You have to realize that, that someone is a jerk. I, I you have to
0: realize that they're treating you badly. I tend to think that an undesirable way. I I tend to think that people that, that are. Uh, that are assholes. That are that are that are being mean. That are express. They're they're expressing a lot of inner pain. Yes. Somebody somebody that's somebody that's being obnoxious. Somebody that's being hurtful is somebody who's who's frustrated, who's experienced a lot of pain in their life. Who's just trying to re- get people to understand how much they hurt um, by hurting others. So you know they're on the same level. They
1: themselves have been hurt. Yeah. So Now they're lashing out and hurting others. They're,
0: they're hurting others. That's their. That's that's the cuz their fathers were jerks to them. That's their context, they you know, went they, around. they were they were, they were raised in place with a lot of pain. Everybody was hurting. Their idea of what hurts is 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 really high. You know, or or their their threshold for pain is really high. So, you know, with they're used to getting, you know, they have a lot of calluses. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, they're they they're have a lot of bruises. The they have a lot of bruises. You have a lot of calluses and you you don't, you know, you think you expect other people to have those calluses and bruises, and, and you know the stuff that the stuff that people do to you, you sort of expect, you know, to be able to do to them.
1: Thank you, Doctor Drew, for being on the show here. <laughs> really, appreciate I you I mean, stopping by. That's that's how I excuse. That really good.
0: That's how I excuse bad behavior. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
1: yes, I think you're right, and um, I think. There was a fad book a few years ago called He's Just Not That Into You.
0: Yeah.
1: And the basis of the book was identifying behavior. This is what it looks like when someone is interested in you. This is what it looks like when they're not interested yeah. in you. Yeah, there
0: was a movie with Jimmy Fallon or something, wasn't there?
1: Not with Jimmy Fallon. And the had, main, there mean, there's Ben Affleck, there's Bradley Cooper, yeah. there's Jennifer Connolly, Jennifer Aniston, Scarlett yeah. Johansson, uh, Justin Long. Whole bunch Justin of Long. Justin Long. Okay, yeah, he's just like Jimmy Fallon. The Tonight Show with Justin Long. <laughs>
0: Thanks. Thanks for piling that on. You're welcome. You always tell me to pile on. Did you do a really miserable stand-up routine the other night?
1: I did. Thanks for that segue.
0: <laughs> Tried to get that when you.
1: <laughs> yes, I performed uh, about five minutes of stand-up at my father's Bible study. <laughs> Recorded it. Uh,
0: I wasn't. I wasn't trying to give you a segue. You can find it at haycast.com. Just trying to stab it. you back for the Jimmy for the yeah. Justin Long with with. Uh, Tonight's Show with Justin Lund. Uh, I Got All right. So you're, you're, but you're telling us about this, this fad book. Yeah, the fad uh, book. He's just not, not that into you.
1: Yeah. If, if a guy's a jerk to a woman, I'm try, I'm trying to simplify the complicated. I know it doesn't seem that way. But that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> it
0: seems like you're kind of going the other way. I know.
1: <laughs> it, it all, all comes around, and then I simplify it again. Yeah. If a guy's a jerk to a woman, yeah. he's not that into her. He doesn't care about the relationship. Uh, he's yeah. not that invested.
0: Yeah, I don't necessarily agree, but go on.
1: If he loses her, he may then miss her yeah. and realize what he's lost. But at the time, he's not that into it. And you can tell by the behavior. Yeah. If she was, like, out of his league and he really had to reach for it and really had to earn it and deserve it and stuff, uh, then yeah, it's the same thing with, you know... You were a kid, someone gives you an ice cream cone, you enjoy it. Or you're a kid, you mow the lawn, you get paid, you buy that ice cream cone, and that ice cream cone is the best tasting ice cream cone you've you, ever eaten in your you, life you defend because that. you earned it. You
0: defend you that. It. You defend that ice cream cone with your life. You're not nobody's going to get that ice cream cone from you whereas the yeah. one the one that the one that you've had to work for, the one that you've had to labor over, the one that you've anticipated for a long time, you're going to protect that. Whereas exactly. the one that somebody just hands you, hands you an ice cream coming out of the blue, you're as likely to dump that off on the dog as you are to finish it yourself.
1: Yeah, but I think we all remember when we, when we saved up for something. Yeah. Was you know did chores for something. Yeah. And then that was a prized possession. Yeah. You know.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. We we we, we earned it. You, yeah. Earn. There's, right. There's definitely, definitely that. Hold well, uh Whole motif of of earning and working for something. Yeah, so at that point, it makes you invest in it. It's a reward. It's the fruit of your labor. Yeah,
1: it's a sign of that you've accomplished something. You feel right. good it's about a trophy. it. Trophy. You get some self esteem right. from it. Which for a guy with low self esteem, that's always good.
0: So that's that's why we chase women, as opposed to just accepting them. Yes. The woman that comes up to you and offers to buy you a drink—that's that, thats the one that's sort of freely given to you. It's. It's not as valuable as the women that you have to hunt down stock. Uh, I would say yes. You know, there has to be some sort of, of
1: you know, this was difficult to get. This this was hard. Yeah. You know. And the hard makes it good.
0: Yeah.
1: So, speaking of low self-esteem, there is one benefit to it. <laughs> this is something Adam Carolla says a lot. Yeah. He says, I wish comedians loved themselves as much as we love them. But then if they did they may not be comedians. <laughs> <You know? laughs> could not The agree. whole thing could fall apart on itself. <laughs> could not agree more. <laughs> it's the, the constant self-loathing and misery, misery and misfortune yeah. that gives you uh, comedic fodder, you know. Yeah. Gives you content to go off of.
0: Yeah. It gives you material. When I mean, you can just use yourself as material. Yeah, I I I totally agree. I think the one thing that, you know, the, the the most common way that we feel better about ourselves is seeing somebody in similar misery as ourselves or, or more misery than us. And then, you know, that's the, the simplest, yeah. quickest, easy patch, you know, to give you a little bit, uh, yeah. to give you an esteem boost to see somebody that's a little bit more worth off struggling and commiserating. You go, yeah, at least I'm not that guy or, or even that guy, you know?
1: Yeah. Is, is and that of, is something I've learned now that I'm writing some stand up hmm. and it's clean stand up is that what's safe to poke fun at, you can always do it yourself. Yeah. Poke fun at yourself. Poke fun at your own misfortune. Yeah. That's always going to be the safest thing you can do that people are going to, you know, laugh at and laugh right. with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know. I, do, I did some jokes about my grandfather, but none of them were, like, mean or mean-spirited. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a common old-person joke.
0: Yeah. A joke
1: about, it. we invited him to something, and he was three hours early. Yeah. kind of a typical old person joke did you ever see that movie Orange County with Jack Black yeah that was I I really enjoyed Colin Hanks yeah he's a he's a high school
0: student yes uh, gets good grades wants to go to Stanford and he gets his uh, his his his, he's he's busted his ass all through high school Mm -hmm. to try and get out of his uh, little suburban hell that he lives in yes where his family cannot afford to send him to a good school he it's not that he's 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 bad off. He's like, you know. No, he's upper he, middle class. He's upper middle class, but his family is unrelatable to him. His, his brother's yes. a, a drug addict. His father's sort of a self-centered business asshole. His mom is just seeing, I think she was seeing, had a lot of boyfriends or something or whatever. She
1: married this really rich guy in yeah. a wheelchair, and she's always drunk and whatever. Yeah,
0: so he's just struggling that. And, and everything about his life is sort of mediocre. It's not painful. It's all very superficial yeah. and
1: materialistic.
0: Right. And he wants to be a writer, and he wants to go to Stanford, where his, his favorite writer is a professor. Marcus Skinner. Yeah, I think it's Stanford or, or Berkeley or some place like that. It's Stanford. and he, Yeah, and he's just in sort of this white boy sea of mediocrity in Orange County, which is just sort of this plain rapper, uh, middle class. A suburban place and uh the world is conspiring against him you know his school is messing up his grades his gpa mm-hmm. they've got a mixed they've his got transcripts yeah so. they've got his transcripts mixed up with the grades of this other student that has a similar or same name or something that's that's getting like a that dumb blonde D's.
1: chick that then gets into stanford if yeah. <laughs> they mix up the transcripts right
0: <laughs> and and he's been busting his ass working extra hard to to get his grades up and and to get through this thing and and uh and so the movie sort of he sort of turns the corner and realizes that as as much as these people have their issues, um, he can stand to improve by you know seeing the good in them. You know as as, as much as the, as much as these guys are sort of like tweaked and have their faults, um, half the problem is that he's not seeing the good in them, seeing the uh, uh, you know he's bored because he's you know he's choosing to be bored, he's choosing to be boring, he's not. He's not finding the humor in his life, you know. He's just really too uptight. Um, he's too critical of everybody around him, and and that's as much of his pro his problem as it is everybody else's.
1: Yeah. Well, now I know if I ever need you to talk more, I bring up Orange County. <laughs> Orange
0: County. And, and then <laughs> that's a great Jack Black. Jack Black just does this. <laughs> the the whole movie is sort of it's it's not exactly a comedy, but all the other characters are just sort of. Yeah. A little too re- He's weird. He's always in and his dark underwear. And painful and Jack Black is just this Rolling catastrophe of a clown guy that's just sort of over the top and i I just saw him stand out in that thing, and he was just he's always the... like,
1: I need your piss Can I borrow my parole <laughs> officer's coming over <laughs> he's, he's,
0: got, he's got this wild like, has so anyone
1: seen my piss he's, a... he's
0: got this wild assortment of pills and they're all in the wrong bottles so that you know <laughs> so that he can't get caught somehow like you know he's got his l s d and his jar for aspirin and shit and shit. uh but the reason I
1: bring up that movie is this yeah. There was... The ending bugged me a little bit. Yeah. Because at the end he realizes... A writer always has a conflicted relationship with where he grew up. Right. But that made him who he is. Yes. And that always informs his work. Right. Faulkner in the South... He wouldn't be Faulkner if he didn't grow up in the South, you know? Right. So he... After he talks to the dean and he could get into Stanford, he makes the decision to stay behind in Orange County with his girlfriend and yeah. and his parents get back together and go to, like, yeah. a local school. Maybe you see your phone. But it always kind of bugged me because even though it's upper class in the suburbs, that drive to get out of your neighborhood... <laughs> Is like the healthiest, best drive you could have. <laughs> just, it's, I was so applauding him for that drive that he wanted to get out. <laughs> it's so hard to have that drive, right. and he had it because I had like nothing to rebel against. I had no drive. I didn't really aspire yeah, to nobody, have ambition. I was so kind of comfortable and sedated.
0: Yeah, you, in you, my life, you grew up in these upper middle class and top tier. Sort of neighborhoods, and it's like you don't even have money, but it doesn't matter because you're just living this in this, you know, really comfortable it's society. Easy to where be there's, content. There's, you there's know? no violence. You have access to all, all the sort of the the coolest people, and you know, celebrities and stuff, and uh, and and you're just in a good place. You're just basically safe. You know, you don't have any, you don't have anything to complain about.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and So
0: it's hard to really feel like any kind of urgency to do anything. It's like. You know I I don't have a great story to tell. I I come from the place that everybody else is sort of trying to get to. Yeah. Like, I feel compelled to leave here and go find, you know, go on adventures and and and, and go find a better place but I mean, yeah. I'm already in the place where everybody else is coming to you. I'm like in LA. People from all over the world are trying to get to LA. They're like risking their lives and, you know, leaving their abusive families and stuff to get here. And it's like, I'm here. It's just. But in tough your 20s, get... it's like so boring. It's like not a place for a, just, a single guy. It just seems like I shouldn't be living in my mom's house, but my mom lives in a really great house <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a great neighborhood. <laughs> It's just like, emotionally, it's so unhealthy, but why would I leave? (laughs) I'm just like, I'm going to go live in the... Caleb, you left your mom's house in like Malibu. Your mom... Well, it wasn't exactly a house, but it was a nice... Yeah, barn. ...spot in Malibu. Well, no, I mean, it was a house. House was safe. Uh, in Malibu, and 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 you went to live in like this drug infested community <laughs> in L. A. <laughs> in L. A. <laughs> you there. You could hear the amp- the sirens run all night long, and <laughs> yeah, it was like razor wire and bars all
1: throughout your streets. Somewhere there's a happy medium in my future. <laughs> I'd like to live in Burbank, you know. I'd like to not live in my hometown. That was
0: like one of the most healthiest emotional decisions you made is to leave, <laughs> to leave to leave to leave Malibu to go it was <laughs> I enjoyed that was <laughs> one of the worst neighborhoods it was like East LA or something <laughs> it was Highland Park <laughs> yeah <laughs> it doesn't really doesn't even even there you didn't even have like the name of like an outlaw city but it was like the really nastiest <laughs> side of <the> LA <laughs> The first time you visit, you're like, are these gunshots? <laughs> yeah, and your walls your outside. Are these bullet holes in this wall? <laughs> yeah, walls think it's all shot up. <laughs> <laughs> There's all these broken down cars on the street. Every, fe- every yard has like giant walls or, or you know, yeah. grates or fences and ironwork everywhere. And, and one reason I like Adam so
1: much and can relate to his story. Adam Carolla. Is because he didn't have that drive for a while. You know, he did the, the construction jobs and these jobs he didn't like, and then eventually figured out what he wanted to do. He got some vision, some purpose. And with that came a drive, the drive to get out. And that's really where my sort of drive eventually came from, (laughs) (laughs) is not wanting to do these construction jobs, not wanting to be broke all the time, not wanting to keep borrowing money or mooching off people. You don't want to do that? I, I think, prefer not to. <laughs> I think that's such a good plan for you, though. You know though. why? Because those people, eventually, they want to be paid back. <laughs> they want some sort of return on investment. I know,
0: but you can hide. <laughs> They're not going to come and find you at that place you were living at over, kind of over by East resources. L.A. They're not going to come <laughs> to hunt you down in East L.A. They're not that desperate for 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was only 50 bucks. Oh, man. Well, they're not still they going to uh-huh. risk their lives trying to find you in that neighborhood.
1: <laughs> you were telling me your own story the other day, and I was I really found it quite interesting, um, because you you took the SATs. You were a good student in high school. Yeah, so you got these good grades. You took the SATs. You did well.
0: I the, you went the to grades were, right after the grades high were sort of dodgy, but that the, the SAT scores were legit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, the fact that you got into UC Irvine right out
0: of high school was like this big accomplishment. And that was was... one of my top five goals in life. And so I accomplished that at the age of 19. I was kind of done. Just getting in. Just getting Not in. finishing. No. Just getting in. No, just seemed, yeah, yeah, just getting in. I didn't really have any idea about getting a degree and all that stuff. Just seemed like. The that goal was, was just to do well on just, the SATs. Just to get in there. I'll find some girl or something. I don't know what I'll find when I get there. I just, cruising on the SATs. Yeah. That seemed, like, that seemed like a big enough goal for me.
1: Well, my question for you, did you kind of view that? as like this is my ticket out of here like sports isn't going to be my ticket out of here. no
0: sports was not going to be my
1: ticket out but (laughs) even though you you didn't really like math that much the fact that you were good at it hey
0: i i didn't care one way or another about math i could take it or leave it math did not like me
1: (laughs) but you said you were good at math
0: so you uh, some must have math like the part <laughs>
1: some, the fact that you were good at it, some
0: math I, yeah, some math was yeah, some math I was good at
1: well, but I could imma- get
0: through I could get through a lot more math than most people do,
1: I imagine the math score in the SAT was the better score than the English score is what I imagine,
0: not by much, they were both pretty good,
1: they were both pretty good, okay, and you don 't even like English, so the fact that you got no, I
0: like English more than math,
1: oh, you do, okay, yeah. so um wrong about a lot of my
0: information (laughs) but i just didn't see any money in english
1: (laughs) okay i just
0: i just didn't know (laughs) yeah i guess i was thinking the
1: fact that you were you were a math major at uc irvine yeah so math was yeah, kind of your ticket
0: out of there. It, I didn't choose math as a major. <laughs> that, was, that was thrust upon me it by the university. I chose the university. Yeah. Oh, I, chose the university. I wanted to get into computer science. <laughs> it seemed like that was, you know, I saw dollar signs on that thing, but computer science didn't want to get into me. The university put me in, in as a math major. So, so That's cool, because, I mean, I, I knew that
1: I was going to go to community college. You know, yeah. like... It was no question. I was I was never a good student. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, sports was definitely not my, my ticket out of there. <laughs> but like I said, I didn't have a strong drive to get out of there. <laughs> either. I can understand that. <laughs> and the community college, if anything, it was a uh, I get to avoid work.
0: Yeah, that's a tremendous for two or three motivation. Years, you know. In that community college I went to, it also it had a lot of really good-looking women in it, so that was definitely that's that was enough motivation. Reason, yeah, that was a good motivation to get your ass out of bed and get to get to class.
1: I was working part time <laughs> yeah. first at the movie theater, then at Domino's. Yeah, and most parents have no problem with like you living at home if you're going to college. Yeah, right. And so that was a situation. Yeah, and then I, and then that's when I realized that as I took Gen Ed. And started saying, I never have to take another math class again, <laughs> another science class again. <laughs> I can just do the classes I want. I realized yeah. I do like English. I am good at English. Yeah. And I do want to transfer to UC Irvine and yeah. and continue my degree. Yeah. So, some of that. Okay. I thought that would go better. Um Now there was this article that I want to bring up. Jared sent me this article over the uh, winter break. Your brother. My brother. Yeah, he sent it to me and Devin and stuff.
0: Not the subway. Not the subway sandwich guy.
1: <laughs> no, not Jared from Subway. Because he read this and he's like, "Oh, this really applies to to you." And it's called "The Sexodus Part One: The Men Giving Up on Women and Checking Out of Society." Oh. Uh, and it's by a, a london website um thing i don't I don't know what uh Brett ibart, I guess is the guy okay, written by Milo uh, with the last name I can't pronounce
0: now, I haven't discussed this with you or seen this article before no, you haven't okay. so
1: I hope it goes well.
0: I didn't know that this was happening,
1: yeah, this is it, and I'm not going to read the whole thing but i I have some. Some uh, excerpts from here. Okay. okay. But and it's we like to talk about millennials and modern culture and yeah. and kind of the the trends. Yeah. So. The Sexodus. In school, boys are screwed over time and again. Schools are engineered for women. In the U.S., they force-feed boys ritalin like skittles to shut them up. And while girls are fav- favored to fulfill quotas, men are slipping into distant
0: second place. Can I, can I just mention that statistically? Yes, you can. Statistically, in uh, grade schools, yes. something like 80% of the teachers are, are women, not men. Women definitely are the by far and away the majority of the teachers in, in grade school.
1: And they're more likely to look at the rowdy boys and be
0: like, stop right. women misbehaving. Pref- women prefer a much calmer quieter learning environment um, mm-hmm. where men or you know boys are definitely more comfortable with a lot of a lot more noise and activity and physical act, you know activity and stuff like that this is kind of a side note as an english major i hence had Hence the riddlein Hence the Ritalin.
1: as an english major i had mainly female professors yeah and but the few male professors i had i always did better in their classes yeah. and i've never I don't think I've ever gotten an A on an essay from a female professor. <laughs> from really? the male professors, I got some A's. I have. That, that's good.
0: I have. I've gotten um, A's. Yeah, I've had. I'm happy it, for you. I'll, I'll tell you this: I had in my engineering and math, math and science classes, you know, mostly guys, but there were women professors, women electrical engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's an issue. And in electrical engineering, we actually had a class, women, uh, a class, one of the required classes mm-hmm. for your degree. In electrical engineering, is um, titled "Women in Science, Engineering, and Math." You have to take a, a semester course on this stuff on. on yep. And it's about
1: women. the successful women who have.
0: Nope. Done <laughs> sort of. If there were very many, there's like it, it, they they charted the difference, and like uh, w- women are only like comprised like less than five percent of the engineers. Yeah. Uh, and of the science, you know, PhDs. Yeah. Are, are not I don't know about the science PhDs, but in but electrical engineers less than five yeah, percent are women. So it's like one or two percent there's a
1: feminist bullshit class. Okay, yeah. It I hasn't get it. well no, it yeah. hasn't
0: it hasn't changed statistically, it hasn't changed since the that much since the fifties. Women of every other field of yeah. study, you know, especially so um uh social sciences not a lot of women engineers women have increased to closer to fifty percent of the de- you know of the advanced degrees. Yeah. Um Um, But not in engineering. Not in engineering. Yeah. Yeah. So you didn't choose engineering for the women. (laughs) Uh, I didn't know that when I chose engineering. (laughs) You thought, oh man, this is going to be loaded. I knew there weren't weren't a lot of girls in the classes. I (laughs) I chose engineering because I thought it would be profitable. You're about to choose art history. I know I. Enjoy- I know I enjoyed the history and the so you know the social science and the humanities classes more. There were definitely a lot more women <laughs> in those classes. You
1: thought it would be more financially
0: profitable yeah, to yeah. to
1: go into engineering. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, that makes sense. And okay. I mean, and the numbers don't lie. Engineering is a lot more profitable. Than the-
1: I'm not saying I agree with every word of this article. Yeah. It's definitely an extreme view, but I agree with most of it. Yeah. Okay.
0: All
1: right, anyways. Okay. Nobody in my generation believes they're going to get a meaningful retirement. We have a third or a quarter of the wealth previous generations had, and everyone's fleeing to higher education to stave off unemployment and poverty because there are no jobs. <laughs> 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 I included that cuz it was my comment about incentive to get to go to go college. Oh, sure. <laughs> Which is funny cuz you told me yeah. that 2 years into college you're like I could be working and making money. I yeah. want to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why would you want to get a job? Yeah, because all of my like retail and post college jobs were just these miserable jobs. Right. But you liked your job at an auto parts store.
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I yeah, I liked working. Yeah, when I was in high school, I wanted to get a job and have money. Yeah. Uh, the deal, the deal with my parents was when I was in high school, and I told my folks, you know, I wanted to get a job. They said, "No, you focus on school. Your job is to get a, You know, get into a good college, and you'll make you know make your money when you graduate." And I but when you were this. in college, you wanted to get a job. When I was in college, I told my dad, I was I was I was thinking about you know I was I was looking around for a job, and he told me again, "No, you focus on yeah. graduating. You know, focus your time on graduating." <laughs> make your money after like screw you dad you're not the boss of me yeah but that was before we had the discussion about who was going to pay back my student loans because you know the, <laughs> my parents had signed for him and i wasn't about to you know it was more or less their decision that i go to college yeah so i didn't have it in my mind that i was going to pay him back my student loans that's what they wanted for me i was willing to go to school and when we did have the two years after you know after i finished two years of college is when When my dad made the point that I was going to pay back the student loans, it's like, well, if I'm paying back the student loans, then I get a say in whether or not I work or not. So that happened. Yeah.
1: So, you know. That's when you said, I'd
0: rather get a job and (laughs) not spend all this money on loans. and That's when I stuck my parents with the bill for the last two years, for the two years of college. (laughs) I had been, I didn't pay one cent of those loans. I just said, I'm done going to school. And I went, you know, went to work. At an auto shop? Auto no, I had, no, I had a bunch of other crap jobs before I before did that. that. Okay. Yeah.
1: because that one you kind of like. That's when you kind of settled in and be like, "Yeah, I I'm that... good at
0: this. I'm good with cars." I wasn't and good machines. at it, but I but that was acceptable to me. I was on my <laughs> living on my. I was able to make just enough money, and enjoyed the place where I worked and liked the guys that I worked with and did that for about eight years. And you spent as much time bullshitting about cars as we did actually, you know, getting yes. It. Well, it was still a good idea, a good uh, arrangement
1: when you uh, put in a new alternator in my car and broke a spark plug. But in the end, it was still I still saved more money. <laughs> but more money than, by, by than if you'd needed. gone
0: straight to the mechanic. That I, you know. They... Yeah,
1: exactly. Not not by a lot, but <laughs> it's it was I still saved in the end. It kind of
0: worked out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> almost by a lot, we were this close yeah. to being by like <laughs> saving like a hundred bucks and, you know, it was like, like cut your cost from like yeah at, at one point it looked like I was gonna cut your cost from like two hundred and fifty or three hundred dollars <laughs> down to about a hundred bucks or so. It was a good thing
1: you had three and days of free time to yeah. work on this thing,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, something went horribly wrong when I was tightening down the last bolt, and all of a sudden it cost us another hundred dollars that oh, it's all good, anyways, it still worked out good.
1: All that wouldn't be so bad if we could at least dull the pain with girls, but we're treated like pedophiles and potential rapists just for showing interest.
0: Well, you can understand when you talk about having a girl. The point of having a girl is to dull pain, of course, yeah. she's, as opposed to having a meaningful relationship and
1: developing it. No, just trying to dull the pain of uh, having no jobs. And she,
0: she's not love. a she's not a quaalude. She's, <laughs> Even I even, 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 I understand that when you talk about them in that context that they're going to get upset. <laughs> That's where I've been going wrong this whole time. Oh, man.
1: Never before in history have relations between the sexes been so fraught with anxiety, animosity, and misunderstanding.
0: I find that hard to believe.
1: <laughs> it's, well, moving on then. I'll move on to the next one. This applies to my age. among men of about 15 to 30 years old, that's me. Okay. Ever-increasing numbers are checking out of society altogether, giving up on women, sex, and relationships, and retreating into pornography, sexual fetishes, chemical addictions, video games, and in some cases, boorish lad culture. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, All of which insulate them from a hostile debilitating social environment created some argue by the modern feminist movement
0: and and by the internet never has pornography become so cheap and available <laughs> i think that's the major influence we're seeing here
1: yeah now where is my azamethafen i need to <laughs> dull this pain can, somehow
0: me back my rubber pen no you're making noise <laughs> it's noise that needed to be made you have these weird fidgety <laughs> habits <laughs> Okay, but you don't want me to focus on what I'm actually saying, do you? <laughs> yes. I need the fidgety habits to bring out the truth. Why do you have nervous energy?
1: No one <laughs> listens to this show. <laughs> what are you nervous about? <laughs>
0: I know, but if I dwell on the fact that nobody's listening, <laughs> we're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like fidgeting. A, pretend I'm not even recording. <laughs> I'm I'm focusing on the fidgeting. I don't know what the hell's coming on. One of my these mouth. ADD
1: riddling boys they were talking about. I couldn't sit still <laughs> and in school. I'm proud of it.
0: <laughs> I'm not taking any riddling for it. I'm just the doing the fidgeting part. I took the riddling to dull the pain.
1: <laughs> Jack Rivlin says teenage right. boys always have been useless with girls, but there's definitely a fear that now being well intentioned isn't enough, and you can get into trouble just for being clumsy. He says, for example, leaning in for a kiss might see you branded a creep rather than just inept. <laughs> At this point, I'd you know, Jeez. creep would be a step up for me. Yeah, if you can point, make
0: it to creep, just think. Yeah, your self esteem would your self esteem problems would be yeah, cut in half. I'm not even on creep yet. You aspire inept to creep would be a step
1: up. You've been looking forward to creep for a while. At least the inept people try. You know, <laughs> better than not trying. Yeah. there are lots. There are also lots of blokes who ignore women. Because they are scared and don't know how to act, it goes without saying that boys who never spend any time alone with women are not very good at relationships.
0: yeah, why does it go without saying
1: uh, no practice? no longer
0: now that you said it it no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't need to say it well,
0: I said it anyway, well, it's just been going all right it was so, so obvious. boys boys who never spend any time with women any time alone with women are not very good at relationships. Uh, yeah, but I noticed that guys that spend a lot of time with women, a lot of them aren't very good at relationships either. Yeah, it's really a (laughs) crapshoot. I guess it really depends. I think it depends on the women that you're spending time alone with. You would think
1: it'd be the Malcolm Ladwell 10,000 hours thing, you know. Yeah. You can become an expert if you spent 10,000 hours with women.
0: Uh, Yeah, and and what exactly does good at relationships mean?
1: Uh, you know... They're not like throwing water in your face and you know running away. Some people <laughs> are into that. Some
0: people are into that. That's, that's relationships have those kind of those. turmoil and strife. I, 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 True. I, that's better than indifference. Yeah, at yeah. least you're uh, getting an emotional
1: response. Uh,
0: I think that I think one of the issues that we're, that's also you have to say alongside of this is that the definition of a successful relationship um, has has uh, t- t- has lost its definition. Um, mm-hmm. 50, 60 years ago, um, if you were married, you stayed married. Okay. There's was, there was negligible amounts of divorce. Um, and even if... Like Bob even, Hope. He, it, he even, if, even if the relationship was bad, you still stayed married. Um, you, you know, the husband left, right? But the woman didn't get remarried two or three times. Yeah. Right? You you separate or something like that, but nobody talked about getting remarried. Um, And today, divorce rate 40 to 50%, something like that. Um, So, you know, a person getting married for the second or third time, is is that even a failure? The fact that he's trying to get back up on that horse, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. is that success? Or, you know, what the hell does a good relationship look like anymore? I mean, this is pretty much just addressing dating.
1: <laughs> like, let's
0: you know, let's no, take a look I'm at saying, dating first. What I'm saying is, is like, what do we consider a successful relationship? The kind of thing that a, if we if we're saying a, a successful relationship is where a couple stays together for years and years and it's relatively stable. Okay, mm-hmm. fifty years ago, we would have said that's a successful relationship. They've stayed together. Um, uh, there's yes. not violence in it.
1: They're there's happily domestic- dating. They're,
0: they're, yeah, they're happily together. Um, you know, we're not seeing any sort of any sort of violence. Um, we're not seeing you know all these other family members that are you know complaining about what's going on in that relationship. Um, now, 50 years ago, we call that successful. Today, we might call that boring. Um, we would say that the you know there, there's the chance that it would be considered unsuccessful because the woman's the woman would, is being repressed. Um, she's not getting enough. Uh, out of it intellectually um the sexual relationship isn't isn't active enough or something like that you know there's a thousand different reasons why one or the other might might be completely miserable in that situation and that the people you know the the sons or the daughters that were in there were see their parents in a miserable relationship see that it's not successful and 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 that's the kind of the place where i come from you know it's i i'd never seen a marriage that i said i want to be in that relationship regardless of whether people considered it successful or not, regardless of whether people said that they were happy in it, I've never seen one, you know, up close where I said, these guys are happy, I want to love a woman, I want to, you know, like that guy loves that woman, I want to be, you know, have that kind of a... I'd never found one that I thought that was desirable.
1: Well, I think if they're happy, that
0: outweighs the boredom. But what does happiness look like to us today? You know what I'm saying? It's... It's subjective to the individual. Right. But Right, right. But, I mean, we've got all these but guys that dating, are looking at... We've got all these boys that are going to pornography. Yeah. And all the stuff that's... It's... The, the, thing with, the thing with pornography is you're basically... Yeah, you're giving up on trying. It, it's a... It's a uh, p- pornography, is pornography is basically... gratification. Pornography is basically... you with looking You're looking over the fence and saying that the grass is greener someplace else. Um, when you're looking at pornography, you're looking at other people doing something and yes. it, it, having sex usually having yeah right so, but whatever it is you're comparing what they look like on the outside to what you're feeling on the inside that's the plot of and most That's of apples the and ones. oranges no matter what no matter what you're in it's 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 too, you can't compare what you feel on the inside to what other people are doing on the outside and if you're trying to achieve that thing you know you you're, you're never going to and I think that's the phase that we're in we have all this all these um the grass being they're
1: having sex and I'm not.
0: Right. Well, the grass being any kind of a relationship. I mean is that. You I think know, the grass is greener in that scenario. <laughs> it, no, that's what I'm saying. It always looks greener. It always looks better. Somebody else has something that you don't have. You you might have a woman that's hotter, and it. We were talking about this the other day, and we were talking about the movie High Fidelity, mm-hmm. where um, John Cusack plays this guy that's classically noncommittal, and he's got this woman that he's been with for years and years. And he's got his own business, his own record store that he gets to make his own rules for. And, and he lives in this environment, and he's not quite happy, and he, and he thinks that he wants a better woman, and he thinks that he wants to own a recording label, and he wants this other stuff, and this other stuff's out of reach. And and partway through the movie, he comes to the conclusion that his problem is this grass is greener syndrome. And he sits down with this woman, and he tells her, That, you know, I see these other women and what I've been doing my whole life is looking at these other women and, you know, airbrushed in these magazines or in this exotic lingerie and comparing them to you and thinking I could do better. And it's like, it's not that you don't have great lingerie, you have great lingerie. Mm -hmm. But I also see you have worn out cotton panties, you know. Those other women have worn out cotton panties too, but I don't see that when I look at the magazines and when I look at the movies. And that's, you know, and he goes, and, and that's what I'm doing and that's what we all do. You know, we look at the woman that we have in front of us and we see her in real life. And nobody in real life is going to look like somebody in the movies and somebody um, in a magazine and somebody in our fantasies. And, and And the more that we have media, the more that we have advertising, the more time that we spend in the movies, the more time we spend with pornography, the harder it is to be satisfied with real life.
1: Yes. And that's because... It's the the fantasy is better than real life. Yeah,
0: the grass is always greener someplace else. Okay. And I, and, and and I'm thinking this is this sounds like this thing this phenomenon that I'm describing sounds like with these guys. And,
1: and so they're saying part of that is that dating is so damn hard that it's like not even worth the the hassle. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Real life. Real life dating and relationships are a lot of work. Yes. Fantasy comes. Fantasy, if you, fantasy is not necessarily yes. as hard.
1: And I was thinking, I agree with the with the the grass is always greener concept, but I think at some point there's a diminishing returns where someone goes, well, I've been single for a while. I've I've uh, experienced dating and singleness and both, yeah. and now I'm getting to an age where I can. Be with someone, and that is, that really is greener than yeah. being alone.
0: That's that's more satisfying. Yeah, you sort of you've adjusted your standards. Have an experience both. The, yeah, you want something deeper. You want something, uh, something more rewarding than a fantasy. And to bring it back to the other thing, but that happens at a much later age. Yeah. Than than, than say seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty when yeah, that's, you know when men when trend. men were committing to relationships in years past. Yeah, because
1: when you're young, the the man's like. Man, I'm a three. I don't want to date another three. Yeah. But now that I'm thirty five, I'm a ten. <laughs> and I can date a ten and now we're talking. Now you
0: we're cooking can, with gas. You you can date a ten with aging eggs. <laughs> she's she's a ten, but she's a thirty or thirty you know, she's the same age as you. She's a thirty year old Ted. Oh yeah, that's why you a date 30, younger. Go a th- a younger. 30, a 30, yeah, well a cougar is much more accessible oh, yeah. uh, much more accessible than, than this than the same good looking woman uh, in her early twenties, you know, when she still has a lot more options available. Yeah, but if you want kids, go younger. Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, the, I, I I'm not arguing that. Yeah. But CougarLife.com one of the most popular <laughs> one of the most popular dating is, sites, but
1: that's for hookups. So for short term, yeah.
0: No, I, I I've heard some somewhere I saw a statistic in a magazine that that's like one of the top two or three most popular dating, uh, compared with across the board. Yeah. Compared with the compared with the, you know the adult the adult ones and the, and the Match dot com and all the long term one and the Farmers and everything else. Yeah, that's they say the dating, popular. but really
1: it's an escort service. I mean.
0: Yeah. Right. Well. You know. any any kind of relationship, any kind of dating, any kind of hookup sites.
1: I don't know anyone who met their wife at com,
0: <laughs> And I know lots of people who I'm met their saying, spouse on the internet. I'm just saying it's getting more, way more active than the other. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: Camille Paglia. Yeah. She's been warning for years that rape drives on campus put women at greater risk, if anything.
0: That rape what? Rape drives. What's a rape drive?
1: It's sort that... of like setting up a booth or having an assembly. Or some sort of class about rape awareness, or um, you know, sexual assault awareness. Okay. That are popular in colleges.
0: Because it sounds like it's got something to do with automobiles and <laughs> rape just, drive does. A, a rape drive <laughs> just sounds like a dicey, <laughs> a dicey kind of position yeah. for a woman to put herself into. Okay, but this is this is a rape drive. This is an activity like a rape awareness.
1: Yes, let me Movement. explain. According to Paglia, yeah, when women go out into the real world without the safety net of college, rape communities, she is left totally
0: unprepared. Rape committee. Committees.
1: Oh, I say communities. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A rape community, that sounds <laughs> like that would, that Slowly doesn't sound down. like there'd be a lot of safety in a rape community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Freudian slip. Yeah. Without the safety net of college <laughs> rape committees. What did, is there a phone number for that rape community thing? <laughs> Probably gonna get a lot of requests for that information. Well, what did you expect? You're in, <laughs> You're in a rape community. You're in a rape community. Right there in the title This rape community is as safe a safe a place <laughs> as we can make a place you know, designed for rapes. <laughs> safe safe we're gonna rape you as safely as we can. <laughs> it was right on Front
1: Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to hell
0: in two religions. Yeah, this okay. is not supposed to be a really humorous... Okay. <laughs> let's, let's start this paragraph over. Okay, let's start over. over. Serious mode. According to Paglia.
1: When women go out into the real world without the safety net of college rape committees, she is left totally unprepared for the sometimes violent reality of male sexuality, and the panics and fear-mongering are serving men even more poorly... All in all, education is becoming a miserable experience for boys.
0: Wow. Bean. Here's what I think she's saying. This is Padley. This is Camille Padley. Yeah. This is a female.
1: Yes. In, at college, it's a self-selecting group. You're dealing with like uh, middle-class, educated people right. where that's a safer environment than the real world, right. potentially. You move to some city to get a job. Right, and now you're dealing with all sorts of people. Right, so I think that's what she's saying. Right, you have to prepare people with the reality of the situation.
0: Right, we're we're, we're right when uh, when you leave this rape committee, um, we have the the when the girl girl is out in the what she's calling the real world, we'll say it's a date. Yeah. We'll say it's a. We'll say it's a coffee shop. Yeah. We'll say she's walking across campus, and a and a, and a boy approaches her, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, she's left totally. She's saying she's left totally unprepared for the sometimes violent reality of male sexuality. Um, men are aggressive. Uh, they tend to dominate women. Yes. those are our statistics.
1: They will do catcalling. They will approach you. In college, it's like if you're in the same class, right. you have a connection immediately. Hey, what's right. up? There's common ground. But in the real world, even when it's safe, it's stone cold like you're approaching. Right. And um, a stranger. And you right. don't know anything about this guy. Right. In college, you can at least... Someone... One of your friends knows him. Someone He's in someone's class... You may know him from a class. Right. So there's sort of something there.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, we've been, in the news lately, there's, there's been something if like. If he
1: mistreats you, he's going to get shit for it because someone knows him. There's mutual friends.
0: In the news lately, there's been something like 80 universities where there's ongoing, where there's these investigations into the sexual activity of, of, of uh, what the, uh, they're investigating. Mm-hmm. And what do they find? They're investigating um the uh the college's um preparedness for like these rapes with the college um uh, what do I want to say that the, the uh, sort of the sexual activity mm-hmm. um of the college and what the college is allowing what they should be inter- you know inter- how the how the university is, is making it safe for women how their college is investigated reported rape attempts. Yes. Um and this sort of thing, and it is the college, are our college, all our universities um, covering up, you know, these reported rapes? Yes. What's the follow through? Because when a woman reports a rape to the campus, mm-hmm. um, it does not behoove most college, most universities to it report that. Yeah, it looks bad that a rape's been reported to the college. So it does not behoove them. To report this, you know, as a statistic, never mind to investigate and find out that indeed she has been raped. And campuses usually have their own police force. They don't... And Paglia is
1: saying, either go to the police or don't go to anyone. Right. Either it was a crime or it's not.
0: Right. Um, And and that's where the part of the problem is because if a woman walks into, say, a frat party or any kind of party... um, the inference is that she's there to socialize. Yes. And you're probably going to find a lot of drunken guys there. that are going to think if she's coming in here, she's interested in sex. So she's already halfway, um, consented. Mm -hmm. And, and there's probably a lot of parties where that's more or less true that, you know, the nature of undress and the nature of the, you know, uh, uh, I want to say the sexual content of the party, you know, the woman should know better than to go in there if that's not what they want. Um, but, at the same time, um, you know uh, the women don 't understand these things the same way that the boys do you know the, to the women, the inference is like until I say yes, you know until I physically say yes i 've said no and can I tell you why the why this yes means yes thing will work This is the new law in california yeah it 's because
1: the they're such, The rapists are such a small percentage of the population that that's not going to stop them.
0: People that's are, not that, going to do anything. You, you, you're thinking it's like the gun laws. It's like the guys that are the two criminals, the, the two the violators. yes means yes.
1: She, she's already drunk or something, altered in, in an altered state. Who knows if she said yes or not if she's right. never saying yes. It's his right. word against her word still. It doesn't change anything.
0: Right, but what about stopping, stopping the guys that aren't Forgotten. rapists the guys that are just you know they're they're they just don't think she's saying she's saying no they're not convinced that she's saying yeah. no they're, they're you're, you're, guys are not that, raping pardon? so
1: what's the problem
0: no 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 they are rape they're, these these are boys that are intent on having sex with this woman yeah she's half drunk um she hasn't said yes yeah but in the boys mind you know they would stop if they if they thought that she had meant no if yeah. if, if if they had, if they had realized that they were crossing a line that it was rape but what they but because she has not said no, they they're thinking that well she she's a loose girl she's gonna want to be you know she doesn't really care, yeah. So she so that's not rape. To you it's not rape, but to the girl she hasn't consented. To the girl it is rape. At the end of the night she comes home and her, you know. No,
1: I disagree. She can fight them off if she's trying to if she's struggling, and and with her body refusing and showing some indication.
0: But if they're then not that, conscious, then that this, is the no. this is the this is the issue. She's semi-conscious. She might not have the strength, or she says no, but the boy interprets that she's just playing. That's just part of the activity. Yeah, that's just part of her pretending, you know. Right. So demurring.
1: Most decent guys aren't going to have sex with an unconscious girl. Well, that's they the question. They want her to be awake for it. The rapist is going to do it anyway. That that's the the rapist is going to do it anyway. He's not going to wait for about, the yes means yes.
0: Right, but but the. For, for for the guy that's just violent and intent on raping her uh let's say that it doesn't stop him but if but if the but if the law keeps a woman uh prevents a- pre- prevents a woman from from being sexually violated from a guy who just thinks that she's playing and doesn't realize you know if it prevents a woman from being raped who doesn't want to have sex from being raped, then it's a good law, yeah, I'm saying it's not going to do that. <laughs>
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I'm saying, well, because the next day when
1: people say, "Did she say yes?" He's going to say yes, and she's going to say no. Not necessarily. And it's his word against her word. Yes. Not that's exactly how it would go down.
0: Not necessarily. Okay. There's. What if it's recorded on somebody's phone?
1: <clears throat> Let's keep it. Let me uh, clarify in this scenario. When I said it wasn't rape, I didn't. Uh, no, that she was what, what, unconscious what, what, in this scenario. What, whether, if she is unconscious, it is rape. It's not
0: consensual. If she's not conscious. Right, but that wasn't okay. clear in the law before Yes, yes means yes. If she was unconscious before, she had to say no in order for it to be rape. And if she's unconscious and she doesn't say no, then it's not necessarily rape. Right. Okay. But the woman hasn't consented. <laughs> she just hasn't said no she I, hasn't I said it either
1: it's an extra hurdle to jump over
0: <laughs> right. It's one extra. right but this happens on college campuses all the time and they can't prosecute it as a rape case because she hasn't said no because <laughs> she was unconscious there was a right. book
1: I'm saying at some point when she was drunk and not yet unconscious she said yes according to the guy that's what I'm saying
0: right well i'm saying that well, this, she said, yes, yeah earlier this, on, this is what this law is about this I mean, is why this is why it's this this law is an improvement on the, on behalf of women that, oh God, so stupidest law i've ever heard uh, it's life. not stupid i I can understand why why you why, want you, them to sign why you want this law pardon well, well you i I you get want them to have it in writing. I get that point also, I get that point also that it's like okay, this is not romantic when people are under the influence of romance. <laughs> It's one thing, and then three days later, there's an argument between them, and all of a sudden, you have two people that that want to pretend like they never knew each other, and so she's gonna, you know, and what's going on in her mind about how that incident occurred, and when her friends are talking about what happened when they were drunk, is different than what went on in his mind, and and it gets complicated, and for that kind of stuff, this law is not gonna fix it, um, but I understand why they would make this law. They're trying to get rid of this gray area where the women has not consented, but yes. she hasn't said no either and in that sense it may it, it it you know as far as that goes it's it's an improvement um but you have a a, a hopelessly complicated it's situation. yeah well but but on the other hand because um, then
1: you get into well what if she said yes while she was drunk, then she kept drinking and was unconscious,
0: right, and then he raped her, and a bunch of guys raped her.
1: <laughs> i was just gonna say one guy i was just gonna say one but at some point there was a yes earlier on yeah well you have a
0: situation well, <laughs> let's, let's say it was a bunch of guys okay and this was a girl that Why had. does a rep- it have to be a gang <laughs> no hang on hang on I'm, I'm i'm pitching this thing this was a scenario in a book by tom wolf It's okay. i am charlotte simmons and it delves into this issue in great detail uh it's a it's a fiction but it's yes. but Do the you need case one yes per guy well, what happened with this this, this, this is the scenario. So you have a girl that goes to a lot of frat parties. She has a reputation for going with a lot of guys at these parties. Okay. She hasn't got a single, you know, boyfriend that she's got on a regular basis. She, but she has a history of, of, of doing a lot of frat guys. She's very popular. Um, they have these frat parties where um, you imagine, you know, the, the you have a house or a dorm building or something where there's, you know, you got two or three people per you know per room you know like a dorm room or something like that, mm-hmm. but per room there's two or three beds in it two or three people live there and they're in sequence down the hall and so people are used to just leaving their doors open and it becomes you know people go from room to room to room and they're drinking there's people that are passed out of you know someplace and this girl goes in and she's she's you know she's uh she's pretty drunk uh she's wobbling when she walks uh, one guy's hanging on her um you know, they're rubbing on, groping, and stuff like that. They lay down on the couch, and um, she's complicit. You know, one guy's climbing on her, and he's complicit. And in the, you know, as he's going about his business, she stops talking. Somebody's got a cell phone in the background, and catches. You know, it, she, she can be she can be seen on the couch with this guy. Okay. Yeah. Then she's unconscious. Now she's not responding. Now the guys, you know, frat buddy comes along, or is, or. Is, his roommate or somebody else's buddies and two or three other guys do her while she's laying there on the couch unconscious. Right okay. now, she the first guy did her, and you could argue that she was complicit. That it, you know she didn't have a problem with that guy doing her. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't say she didn't she didn't say yes, but she didn't say no either. She didn't fight him off. She didn't make any attempt to repel him. Um, what about the other three guys that pile on afterwards when she's unconscious? So, a week later.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: People are talking about what happened at this party and this girl that, you know, led a train, that she did all these guys. Now, this is very, very negative attention. This is, it was one thing to be sort of slutty and to be, you know, you know, busy in all these communities and sort of this free sex environment where everybody's doing everybody. It's another thing to have four or five, you know, guys that are buddies all do it, you know, in the same, you know, one hour, one or two hour period the same night. And so this is very negative attention for her. Her status in the community goes way down. And so now she's crying, rape, rape, rape. And there's no, you know, because, basically because she needs to do that in order to salvage her character at all. Um, you know, she her, her body may not be any worse to wear for it. She didn't tell, she's got no history of telling anybody no. You know, mm-hmm. she might have done all these guys that she did to the party at some other point previously. So they had, you know, received consent, you know, for other times. But that's very, very different than do, than all these three guys, you know, back yeah. to back, and and so this is the this is the situation. So how she consented? Is this rape? Is this a kind of activity that? I would know, say
1: yes. It's rape if when she's unconscious. It's rape.
0: It's got to be rape. Yeah, it has to be. Well, what about when husband and wife are in bed together and one of them falls asleep?
1: Yeah, technically, that could be marital rape.
0: Yeah, but you know, she's yeah. his wife. You know, she yeah. she always says yes to him, and she gives him consent to go ahead and do whatever. There's still marital mistake. rape. Yeah, I know, I know yeah. there is. No, but I'm I'm saying. But if
1: she wanted to, you know, to she told that him before. Could.
0: What if she's given him, you know? So I'm just saying this. This is like a really complicated issue for society to to change. Where to?
1: Why would someone want to be unconscious during uh, sex? That does nothing for you.
0: Uh, there's a lot of human behavior that I cannot explain. <laughs> that nobody can explain. She, you know. Did,
1: I'm sure there's a lot of wives who wouldn't care because who cares, but so that case
0: they, you know, yeah. Um, but, but, but our society is in flux. Um, our values are in the process of changing. We're going from a society that five or 10 years ago, um, said, you know, uh, you can't have gay, you can't have gays being married. You can, mm-hmm. They can, they may be a civil union and they may be life partners or something like that, but they're not, you know, that that's not what marriage is. And, and we're in the process of changing that. Yes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we were 40, 50 years ago, we were dominated by a, a nuclear family. You know, mm-hmm. uh, parents stayed together and raised the kids in their home. Um, in our communities now it's more common for there to be stepfathers, stepmothers um you know the times they are changing the times they are changing um you know what's what what we consider normal and mainstream mm-hmm. is is very much in flux on the East Coast and the west coast you know and in florida yeah. um what what we accept is spring break you know the activities going on there have decidedly become very well you know very very I think it was Mick Jagger oh, who said that. Yeah. The times are changing. Well, what used to be perversion now is is just fun and games. You know, it's just wild party girls. It's just kids having fun. Um so uh, so it's it's it, it didn't seem like, you know, our in our languages, uh, the English language is alive. It changes, you know, the what we mean by one word. So we have our our laws are struggling to catch up with this um the idea previously that we had of what was obscenity what was obscene mm-hmm. what was pornographic yeah previously um the the border between what's por- obscene and pornographic and what's art and um what is acceptable entertainment are all blur- very very blurred wow. censorship yeah well, yeah exactly
1: yeah fuck censorship <laughs> that's what i say <laughs>
0: Alright, so, can I move on? So so it's making all these all these ideas about this feminism and stuff that what they're taking very hard to even have a conversation about this stuff.
1: Yes. So what happened to those boys who in two thousand one I was thirteen in two thousand one okay. were falling behind girls at school, were less likely to go to college, were being given drugs they did not need, and whose self esteem and confidence issues haven't been ignored.
0: Haven't just, just been, been ignored, ignored,
1: but have been actively ridiculed by the feminist establishment.
0: Well, I'll tell you what happened to those boys. Well, there's, let's see what the author says, and then we'll discuss that. How about...
1: In short, they grew up dysfunctional, underserved by society, deeply miserable, and in many cases, entirely unable to relate to the opposite sex. It is the boys who were being betrayed by the education system and by culture at large in such vast numbers between 1990 and 2010 who represent the first generation of what I call the sexodus, a large-scale exit from mainstream society by males who have decided they simply can't face or even be bothered with forming healthy relationships and participating fully in their local communities, national democracies, and other real-world social <laughs> structures.
0: Ah. That's
1: a long-ass quote, I know.
0: Right, wait, hang on, there was something else after that.
1: Oh. For the past 25 years, I've been told to do more and more to keep a woman, but nobody's told me what they're doing to keep me.
0: <laughs> so that had to do with changing standards. That's, yeah. Uh... So this is this is all this article that's written by this guy in this British journal. Yes. He's a he's yes, a British he's a British journal. journalist. Mm-hmm. But he's talking about Americans as well as 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 Europeans.
1: Uh yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say uh yeah, western culture. Sometimes he specifically says the, the US. Yeah.
0: no, I I mean I heard him refer to the US. Yeah. Yeah. Um Right, so we're seeing that it's this is the decay of western civilization
1: i, I would with without <laughs> getting into it yeah. I would say he might see it more in Europe or France depending on on if there's welfare or less incentive to work or more of a uh, uh, more how how the income is right um but
0: I don't think we need to go there, you know, for this argument. I think it applies just as much there. Okay. So, so how do you, what do you think of this guy's analysis? What do you say? What do you say? What do you think about the sex of this? I mean, for a lot of it, he's, he's talking
1: exactly about me, you know, in 2001, as a boy in middle school, I was falling behind in school, you know, the girls was always much better students and much everything. Right. And, you know, he can contribute that to a lot of things. I wasn't being given drugs to do it, because I was... You had to pay I was for mellow. <laughs> no, because I was mellow. I wasn't, like, rowdy. Yeah. Like my younger stepbrother, Luke, who had ADD, who was taking real in right. and stuff. Do you have your charger for your... Yes, in my bag. Right. So... But, um... He's basically saying the the focus on girls boys were kind of left out right there was too much And, and I'd like to believe you could focus on both Right. but he's saying you took away from one and gave it to another right maybe there's only there's only so much time in a day there's only so many lessons there's only so much right as a teacher, so you only resources. have so much attention
0: yep. you can give to a student or or do this. Right. You have limited resources. Yeah. Uh, the climate is definitely more female-friendly in, in school. That when it does shift, there is actually going to be yeah.
1: less on boys,
0: there less was, an emphasis. There was an article you know? I read in Wired magazine about five or six years ago, and it was um, talking not so much that the schools favored women, but that um, guys that it was about how um corporations were recruiting like software guys and computer guys out of high school um yeah, okay. it benefits the corporations to recruit their you know to recruit you know high school age hackers um, and, yeah. um before they go to college because once they go to college and they have a degree that degree is you know marketable and the corporations have to compete with each other for that guy and they're going to pay him more and he's got a skill set that he can market you know that he can take from one corporation to another if they grab a kid out of high school, they they spend a little bit more time um, teaching them how they do business, how they you know the code that they use, how their you know the skills needed specifically for their company. They're going to get the kid cheaper, mm-hmm. and he's not as he, he he's he's um, he's not as valuable to other companies because the kid knows how that company works, the skill set for that company, but he hasn't got a degree. A general education that he can take and shop around at you know. And at how is this relevant? Because what's happening is it's meaning that there's more. What they were recruiting are these boys that are hackers more than women, and okay. what it meant was that there were the uh, more females at the college, more women are getting their bachelor's degrees than our than our guys at the colleges. There's fewer. Okay. There's fewer men I'll that are see. going and completing their college education. It's most the women are women are beginning to dominate. At the at the universities, I thought you were gonna. Go I thought you were gonna say these
1: antisocial guys who checked out society are ideal hires for these companies. Well, they are because that's their life. That they these are computers. They are. They're best they socialized. Right. They can spend a lot
0: of hours doing right. it. And right, programming. And 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 what was happening is the women. There's there's getting to be more and more women at at universities, getting the traditional education, mm-hmm. but fewer guys and and there's like running jokes at places like Berkeley and Stanford that says what's the difference between um um uh, coeds and the you know the trash can well the trash can gets taken out once a week because the women aren't getting <laughs> dates because there's so many more. Because there, yeah, there's there's it's not as many guys. Up. The guys, you know, there's there's not as many guys at the university, so there's there's nobody to date, you know. There's,
1: Which is good for you if you're a guy at that guys, university. Yeah, it means
0: go, yeah, you want to hit on women, go down to the universities. I know at Biola it was a a two to one ratio of of women two to guys. women for every one guy. Sure, sure. So. Uh, the women tend to be more. Edu- I, I guess that's it- what I need, man. My ratio has been long this entire time. <laughs> I, 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 and there again, I think that's got to do with the man. fact that
1: if I'm in a place every day where there are twice as many women, something's bound to happen. Just for sake of competition, right?
0: Well, this article was about the fact that women are yeah. more interested in in sort of generic degrees. They're more interested in like the uh, humanities, social sciences, and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, the tech fields are more uh, are more dominated by guys. Yes. And if the tech companies are recruiting, you know, at the high school level more than the college level, um, you know, then what it means is you've you've got, you know, these the the, the social sciences and humanities are gonna be more popular at the colleges. As a guy with a diploma that I've only used for decoration <laughs> I
1: can agree with that yeah. sentiment.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's interesting the things they list the first generation of the sexodus a large-scale exit from mainstream society by males who have decided they simply can't face or be bothered with forming healthy relationships, participating fully in their local communities. Because when it comes to participating in your local community, yeah. you're dealing with women. You're going to... Right. There's going to be women there. Right. Um, national democracies are going to be women. Another real world social Social... Str- yeah. Basically, anything that involves women. I think that's part of... Um, why, you know, less guys being in church and participating in that? Uh, well, you, you look at companies
0: like, uh, tech companies like Google mm-hmm. um, and Facebook, Apple, uh, Microsoft. Uh, these kind of tech companies, um, their culture is that you work 80, 90, you know, 70, 80, 90 hours a week. If, yeah. you, if you look at these, the the most desirable place to work, you know, the one of the most... What Google. what's been touted as Google, and if you go on Google's place, Google's website, and you look at, you know where it talks about you know uh, employment opportunities, they're not touting their salaries on there, they're touting their work environment. They talk about their, on on the website, they'll talk about what a great gym they have, mm-hmm. um, what a great kitchen they have. You know their cafe, their restaurants that they have at the plant, and their facility. What a great working environment it is, how comfortable it is, and the reason is the because they expect empty you- all the time. <laughs> Right. Well, I can't think of a less good right. place to have a but gym. They're, they're pitching this stuff because that's where they expect you to spend most of your life. You know, yeah, you're going to be. You never have to leave. You're not going to have time to go to church on the weekends. Or you're not going to. You're, you're going to be invested in their company. They're yeah. They're not paying you per hour. They're paying you a salary, but they're paying you a salary for working. You know, sixty, seventy eight you know, eighty hours a week. So you're you're not going to have time to maintain any kind of significant relationship that you go home to. Um, you're not gonna you know you're not going to have time to be involved in in politics or any of these community situations your your work is your community and and that's sort of been the the cultural shift um for silicon valley that's been the lifestyle that that you know silicon valley has promoted It seems like this movement has happened where
1: men and women are in every field together and then now there's a reaction of male dominated fields being a preference and and going away from that and mm-hmm. saying it's it's hard to even work with other females i don 't know exactly yeah. what what i 'm getting at um, i i don't know men and women are different you know
0: for we I think they're to... saying
1: a, a byproduct of the sexodus
0: yeah.
1: is that if you can choose your work environment you're also choosing. To work at a job with not a lot of females, because yeah. why be bothered with sexual harassment seminars and, and yeah. these sorts of things? And it's just you okay. I know, I,
0: you know, I, I'm always, I'm always amused by the fact that over and over in our laws, you know, in this feminist movement, is that men and women are equal, you know, mm-hmm. or that all men are created equal, and and I and you know we keep we keep trying to legislate this sort of equality, and as much as it's nice to believe. That you know that were that were created that were valued equally by our Creator, you know, mm-hmm. which is one thing. To say that we're all equal in any kind of meaningful, um, relatable way that's practical, in so, you know in society, um, that makes sense. Is sort of ridiculous, you know. Um, to have the same physical capabilities, you know, we, we talk about, you know, uh, equal opportunity, and you have a job. Yeah. You have a fire a job as a fireman or a policeman. Um, a technician, you know, there's a very specific skill set that those jobs are gonna um, are gonna require, and and not everybody has all the same skill sets. You you can't yeah. just go to one person and say this guy's gonna be these, this guy's created equal with with this with this other guy over here, and and so because we know that the law says that they're created equal, therefore they're you know they they can both. Um, do the calculus at the same rate they can both do the same number of push ups they can both you know carry a or that the ratio carry 300 is gonna be... pounds across a football field at the same speed it, you know it 's completely ridiculous um, people are different men and women are very very different. people think differently um, and to to try and let's try and sort of legislate this equality uh, over the reality that people are different you know and and trying to say, well, you know it was a fair fight, yeah. well no, this guy weighed you know two hundred and fifty pounds he's got a you know he's he's very athletic he's he's got you know twenty twenty eyesight um you know he's got you know he's his his parents you know his lineage is all people that are aggressive and violent, and this other guy uh has none of those qualities you know Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not athletic, you know. He's nearsighted, and it, it, there's, there's, you, you know, you can't look at these two people and say, well, they both came in unarmed, and so it was a fair fight, and they both had. their people look. are different. There, there's no equating.
1: <laughs> so it's not going to be a fifty fifty ratio in all these fields.
0: Right. Yeah. There's... When they yeah we we we, we mandate That's these quotas that we have to. You know, we were hiring based on ability, but we have a quota. You know, <laughs> we discriminate <laughs> on okay, who can do these tasks better. And now, somehow, even though we're discriminating on who can you know who can you know we have a fireman and we need this fireman to be able to carry a two hundred pound person or a three you know hundred and fifty pound person with fifty pounds of gear carry them unconscious up you know or down five flights of stairs mm-hmm. and so you know we're the fastest fifty people to do it, and then somehow these fastest fifty people that qualify, half of them have to be women, and half of them you know in, in a and half of the half of them have to be, you know, they all have to be the same number of race. You know, we have to have a proportional number of Hispanic and a proportional number of African American and a proportional number of Caucasian, and and uh, you know everybody's different. Um, yeah. You know, to to exclude people because of their race is one thing. To to discriminate based on people's abilities is just smart. You know, way of of hiring somebody that can do a job properly. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, and, and a good businessman will will see that. We'll be blind to everything else except yeah. for your skill and your ability.
0: Right. You know, so, who's so, the best person for the job? Right. So, you know, we have we have all these statistics that, uh, you know, something like, 80, I, I mentioned it over and over, that something like 80% of our, uh, you know, grade school teachers are female. Yeah. And, and, and the female mentality as a teacher, you know, with their environment, but they consider a good environment for a classroom and. A, uh, Plus, there's just more men
1: working than women. Pardon. There's just more men working than women. In the work, I
0: don't. Yeah, I don't know how, exactly how you, if that's true anymore. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are in that. Um,
1: working. I mean, you know, full time versus part time, working more hours. I don't know about that. Okay, but. Amongst parents, women are still more likely to take care of the kids.
0: Right, yeah. I mean, a man can't breastfeed his infant child.
1: Yes. So even if it's just that percentage, there are more men working than women. It,
0: should, it seems like there should be more men available than women available to work. Yeah, yeah. so that alone, it can't be 50-50. Right, right. As, so yeah, so as much as you we want to have this idea of equality between men and women... um, you know, I don't know in what sense you're gonna make them equal. You know, to to legislate it and say that we have to have fifty percent of our auto mechanics be women mm-hmm. um, and fifty percent be men. You know, there might not even be enough women that are interested <laughs> in being to... an auto mechanic to fulfill that sort of quota. You know, yeah. there's 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 jobs that women seem to enjoy more. You know, doing more than men. I'm going
1: to look at my own past for a moment, yeah. if I may. Man theaters. Lots of women worked there. All the assistant managers right. were women. Right. Mainly women there. Yeah. Dominoes, more men worked at Dominoes. Because more men like driving. That's my opinion.
0: <laughs> the idea of delivery. I, I don't know. It, it's I don't more know of all a manufacturer that would work into that.
1: Okay. Well, it's yeah. it's very easy for me. Men like cars more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I know any woman who actually likes driving. I, I've known a bunch. Okay. That's good for you. Um, being an English major, most of my professors were female. Yeah. Uh, most of the, there were more women in the classes than, than men. Yeah. Uh, then I had a tutoring job there with, there were more How are you women not, tutors.
0: You, you, you were an English major, mostly women in the class. How are you not able to get more relationships? Well, I had a lot of female friends.
1: Um. It, make, it just seems didn't like. really you, go beyond there. <laughs> I think part of it was that I was only there for a year and a half. Didn't have a ton of time
0: to develop things. It takes like five minutes to ask a woman if she wants to go to coffee. It does. I, no, I think I like mean, a year I, and a half would be enough time. I socialized a lot.
1: I mean, I, I hung out with a lot of women yeah. there, whether it was through studying that or through more coffee. That was a question, Killed.
0: The fact that you came away without a oh. girlfriend. He didn't want an Summarizes the situation. that issues, issues run deep. As soon as we went back
1: to our respective areas, <laughs> it just sort of died. Yeah. Because then, when I go back, then after college, I'm back like to being a lower middle class yeah. g- kind of nothing guy. Yeah. Who who can't compete on the same social level? That's yeah. basically what happens. I worked at Target. A lot of women there in in management. Um, tutoring, there's more women. Construction, all men. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so I've oh, and then doing the background work. Background was, acting. Yeah, it was more women. The women my age and younger than me were all making more money, getting more gigs. So that leans more towards women for sure. Mm-hmm. More likely to be featured. Yeah. Because, TV is visual. Right. You want to look at something attractive. Yeah, are we are are, are we sufficiently depressed?
0: Uh, yeah. Have we concluded our I think we our, uh, our think exploration of the sexodus. I think we've beaten this dead
1: horse <laughs> enough. I think we're so yeah. Good times and uh, keep uh, going forward. You know, there's hope.
0: All right. You know? Now we still haven't gotten around to why we've picked this barracuda. Opening. Yeah. So I think that brings us back. Should... How, how are we doing on time? Well, it's been an hour and 34 minutes. Oh, shit.
1: Already. <laughs> so we we watched this we... little movie, Wag the Dog. It's from 1997.
0: That's a great movie. Super funny. Well, it's, it's, it depends. Yeah, it's very, very dark. It's not, I don't know that it was especially meant to be funny as it was to be. It's probably its primary effect was to sort of open your eyes as to... As to what we know and what we don't know about how the things work in the government, and uh, and what exactly pol, you know what exactly politics is all about. Well,
1: maybe next week we'll talk about two movies and just yeah. focus more on movie stuff.
0: You, our our the assignment for our audience is to watch Wag the Dog. <laughs> yeah. Robert De Niro, Dustin Hoffman, Anne Hesh, yeah. uh, Woody Harrelson's in it. Uh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. is in it. Uh, Willie Nelson's in it. Uh, Dennis Leary's in it. Just a tremendous cast. And at one point, Woody Harrelson sings
1: one word of Barracuda. You, you just even, the word Barracuda. You can't even
0: tell that he's singing the song. He's
1: like Barracuda. <laughs> just,
0: uh, uh, yeah, right, exact. Uh, apropos to nothing. He's just sort of babbling at that point. <laughs> yeah. But he gets out the word Barracuda. And <laughs> and at the end of the movie there there's no no further reference to the song is made. There's no music of it is played. No. There's no guitar bits from it Riffs played in it. But nonetheless, Ann Wilson and company are given the the writing, writing, writing credit, credit for it at the end of the
1: movie. Lyrics by yeah for Barracuda, yeah. which was amusing to no end. Yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, we just yeah. All right,
1: well that's Kcast for this week. This is Caleb. This is Chris. Peace out. Oh, how about some volume? She's more attractive.